The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. sensitive snowflake that may get easily offended and turn this off immediately. If you want to hear the real truth about the gun culture, then stick around. This is the Armed Citizen Podcast. What is going on, my ghost squad? Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast Live. This is episode number 184. We are live on YouTube and over on Facebook. So if you're out there, please say something in the chat because we don't know that you're out there unless you do. If you're new to the channel, new to the show, new to the podcast, whatever, make sure you say hello and tell us where you're from. We'll try to shout you out and we hope to not make you any dumber. We can't guarantee that. I, I, I'm not going to speak for any of my guests, but I know that I am not the sharpest crayon in the box. Um, but we're going to try to uh, have some fun and maybe pass on a little knowledge, at least our opinion, whether or not you take it as knowledge or not. We're going to pass on our opinion. If you're out there in the chat live and you want to uh, ask a question or leave a comment, by all means, do that. Make sure you tag one of us in the panel so we can at least maybe see it and all that. The chat can sometimes go kind of fast. Tag us in that by putting the at in our channel thing, either Ghost Tactile or Clover Tack or whoever. And uh, we'll try to get to those questions if they're relevant to the conversation. If you want to call in, yes, you can call into the show or text into the show. Utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates at theguncleaners.com. That number is scrolling down below. It's 530-364-4678. If you're a veteran and you're in that hole and you're not feeling good about things and you can't seem to find that light or actually lost hope that there is light out there. First of all, call me, text me, email me 24 seven, Um, I can't give you medical advice, but I sure as hell can probably be a pretty decent ear and maybe talk you through some stuff. I'm here anytime for, for you guys. But if you're looking for someone that can give you medical advice or point you in the right direction of where you can seek help, First of all, remember two things. One, you're not alone, okay? And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please, please, please contact the Veteran Crisis Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255, the Veteran Crisis Hotline. We're obviously going to be spotlighting the United States Marine Corps. And if you have any questions or want to find out more information on what it takes to earn the title of the United States Marine, please see the website marines.com. And as always, we are a very proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. If you're out there and you're looking for great pro-2A, pro-freedom, pro-gun podcasts from a lot of different people, um, go check out Self Radio dot net self radio i'm oh, sorry self-defense radio not self radio self-defense radio it's up there you can read self-defense radio.net and it's a, a great place to have a lot of great conversations and listen to some great podcasts so uh before we kind of get going in the conversation let's uh bring in our 
our shotgun rider himself. No, it's not Charlie, but it is the man from the great state of Texas, the tactical virus. I mean, leprechaun. I can call you the tactical virus because you're everywhere, man. You just seem to like just take over everywhere. Um, but uh, what's up, Clover? How you doing, buddy? I'm I'm okay. Yeah. Did not forget to video drop again today. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. So it's like two weeks in a row now, man. Two weeks in a row. Russell's out there. This is not this guy's recruiter. Negative ghost writer. That pattern is full. I am not a recruiter. I just uh that's part of who I am and uh part of what this channel's mission is is uh so yeah, anyways, but yeah, no, not a recruiter. Uh I want to say thanks real quick. I see TJ's out there. Uh if you see him in the green out there, uh that is a YouTube channel member. I want to say thank you to all of my channel. I've got, I don't know, four or five channel members out there. Thank you to all of you. And obviously, thank you so much to all the patrons. You guys make uh the channel, make the the company, everything that we are, you make it run. You are the um the engine to my vehicle, if you would say that. So thank you so much for everyone out there that that does that um yeah so we're going to talk some cool stuff tonight I, once again everyone knows that i'm a member of a lot of different groups on facebook and i know that people talk about facebook all that you know facebook does have some really good parts to it and these these groups that you can be i know clover is a part of a bunch of them and and all of that but part of the great thing about facebook you get these groups of like-minded people or people trying to find out more information and I'm a lot of I'm a lot of uh, EDC and concealed carry groups and amongst other things, but um, one of the things that keeps popping up in the last month or so in a lot of these groups is um, either they're new gun owners or they're they're potential new gunners. They want to get into the first gun because they want to carry and all of that, but they don't know what to get. Or they're gun owners but have never carried. And they want to, hey, I want to get a gun for specifically for carry what's out there. And obviously, you're going to get all sorts of people out there. Uh, there was a comment made, and I don't remember what it was. I called Clover immediately on it last week. I don't remember what it was, but it was just asinine. Someone asked a question, and this guy, do you remember what that was? I can't remember what that was, but it was like so asinine. I almost started laughing, and I was like, this is the guy that's giving Oh, that's what it was. It's about 380. Oh, um, yeah. 380 wouldn't shoot through a hoodie or something. Would, wouldn't shoot through, uh, you know, these guys says, oh, you know, I'm thinking about 380 versus nine, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. What's a good three? And the guy says, oh, 380 is worthless. It wouldn't even penetrate through a hoodie or a puffy jacket. And I'm like, this is the guy that's giving advice to people. I said, you know what? I am not going right. to let this happen. We're going to talk about stuff. I'm not saying that we're experts, but I'm pretty sure we both know Clover that 380 and 22 will go through a freaking sweatshirt. <laughs> well, you know, Abraham Lincoln, I remember he posted a few months ago or something. He said, don't trust what you read on the Internet. So there you go. That's right. Uh, yeah. Clover says the first rule of Facebook. We don't talk about Facebook. That There's some validity in that. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's uh, no. Uh, I mean, it, it. That's that's almost where you have to start with this whole conversation. You 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 want to do tonight, right? Is yeah. you're, you're going to have to throw all this BS about this caliber won't work or will work, and that cal. I mean, come on, man. Um, yeah. People were defending themselves and whatever with twenty five caliber, twenty two caliber black powder once upon a time. I mean, it's a bunch of BS, man. 
Yeah. Uh, one person out there says first time listener, <laughs> long time caller. Wait, I did miss something. Or did something yeah, wrong that's what I told him. I was like, first time listener. I don't think Richie's ever listened in his life, and I doubt he's starting now. But I doubt. But we'll too. go with that if he wants to. We'll go with that. Hey, we can we can make that work. However, you want to do. They're talking ammo out there. Uh, Two hundred nineteen dollars for three hundred rounds. That's what seventy nine cents a round is what he says. Um, you know that's that's crazy. You know uh, that's actually better than I, I've seen people paying a dollar twenty for nine millimeter per round lately. Yeah. And um, was that know, for nine millimeter seventy nine cents a round? I don't know what I don't know what he I I don't know, but um, yeah. I, I didn't see uh, nine millimeter. So they're talking nine millimeter. So I'm assuming that's what they were talking about. Um, yeah. yeah, right now you're looking at you know. You can find it for different, you know, ammo seek. You can find certain places for about 60 cents per round, um, all the way up to a dollar 25 per round, depending on what you're looking for. And it's, it's nuts. Um, my local gun I shop had, even, they had nine, uh, 40, 45. They had several, several things. Of course, they've got a one box limit, um, one box a yeah. day, but, the nine um dang i'm trying to think now what was the nine they have i can't couldn't even remember the brand they had of nine. Oh man it sucks maybe may seller and bellet. maybe it may have been seller and bellet i want to say seller and bellet but uh okay. yeah 25 dollars a box and i didn't look at the invoice but there's no doubt in my mind he paid at least 20 a box for that if not 22 or 23 absolutely uh, KP of their Kingpin says picked up his PPQ today. So two things. One, look, waiting for a video for that because I want to see your reaction to it. And because Clover and I both have PPQ, and I think it's it's pretty obvious uh, how we feel about that gun and that platform. Uh, I've got the subcompact. He's got the full size. Um, very very fond of it in so many ways. And um, nope, it's over there. Um, I want to hear what your thoughts about it are. And two, um, I would like to hear what you think of the trigger specifically. Um, because man, that's uh, after he gets trigger. after he gets maybe a hundred rounds or two hundred rounds to it. Anyway, it's a, well, hell, even right out of the box, it's better than most. Yeah, you know? that's true. That's true. Mine had a little bit of grit. Really, mine on. didn't. Yeah, mine had a little bit of grit early on. It's it's machining marks or what have you. Yeah. I mean, is all it is. It's not. That's why there's break-in periods on things. Uh, most that's things, true. anyway. CZs. Uh, and talk about CZ. Talking about the metal frame CZ stuff. They're pretty yeah. good to polish things up. Smith and Wesson with the revolvers are pretty good to you know that sort of thing. But yeah. machining marks, tool marks, and stuff. It happens. It happens. Now, you and I on your podcast last night, we're talking, we got in a little 10 millimeter conversation. Rod out there says he got some 10 millimeter the other day for 46 cents a round. That's really not that bad. No, not um, for 10. Not, not for 10. So, um, nice. Very, very nice. Uh, let's see. I'm going through before we get jump in the conversation. I'm trying to see if I'm missing anything dramatic. Uh, defense dad says best first defense shake your cat to piss them off and toss it at the intruders i got multiple switchblades and nine lives you get your rifle you know there is and i don't know i don't know if you are or not clover are you a member of any like concealed carrier edc groups on facebook um Up but a lot you, of I mine don't. are 
talking about a lot of knife conversation lately. Um, and obviously, obnoxious yeah. one is he's he's head first into the knife life right now. But uh, a lot of people are, are talking knives and all that. We talked a little bit about knives last night, too, as a matter of fact. So, I don't know. I'm just not a uh, I'm not into knives enough to be able to talk the difference in the steel and the, the, the just quality. And I, I, if it looks cool and it basically cuts paper, I'm happy. Cuts packing tape, yeah. right? Like, I'm happy. Yep. Yeah. Um, MKJO says nine MP shield plus. Yeah. Um, so a couple of new guns in the last few days kind of released to the market from some major manufacturers. Uh, hold on here. Is this, that's my daughter calling. So yeah, I'm going to have to, she'll have to call my wife. Um, and whoa, what in the hell here is this? Yeah. Here we go. All right. So, anyways, amateur night, man. Amateur night. So, a couple new guns in the last couple of days from some of the big manufacturers. You've got the MMP Shield Plus, and then Ruger with the uh, is it the Max Nine? I think is what they're calling it, the Max mm -hmm. Nine. Um, both look really, really good. Um, the actually the Max Nine to me, just from pictures that I've seen, looks like it's going to be a, a really comfortable gun. Um, I, I kind of like the stippling pattern. Um, it reminds me of some other guns that I have that have the stippling. I'm not a big aggressive stippling guy. I, I like I don't like the skateboard tape, like sandpaper that's going to cut your hand. But I do like some texture, and it doesn't look like it's overly aggressive in pictures. I have not held either one of them yet, um, but I'm looking forward to that. And then obviously the shield. I'm a huge fan of the shield, but that shield plus. Uh, I think honestly that's probably the answer to the 365. Would you guess that that's Smith's? Yeah, the yeah, 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 the hell in the Hellcat and the 43s and the 43s and yeah, the 43x and you know, all of that. So, yeah, I, I right, think that's their answer. Right. Knowing Smith and the Shield, it's probably going to be damn good. Um, I looked forward to get um, both of them, uh, at least my hands on them, at least try out. Not saying I want to buy them both, but at least it, maybe if someone around here has them, I'm going to try to get a couple of magazines through them just to uh get some B-roll maybe and get some ideas of how I feel about them. But they both look good to me. The Ruger Max 9 and pictures looks really good to me. So um, that's, do you have any thoughts or, you know, what are your thoughts of just seeing the pictures? I'm of not them? a, I'm not a Smith and Wesson auto loader fan. You know um, that. I've, made, I've never made any bones about that. So I'm not at all impressed with that. Don't care if I ever lay hands on it, honestly. Um, yeah. The Ruger. What concerns me with a Ruger, look forward to, to at least being able to pick one up and bottle it, right? What right. what bothers me with Ruger, this was the case with the LCP I've got. It's been the case with the the five seven. It's been the case with several other ones. Um, and it's also the case, honestly, with my 42s and with the 43 and 43Xs and the 365s is they're really thin and i don't like that on my 42 i've got a whole hogue uh, overmold grip and it, it makes the grip the perfect size for me i love it with that on there um but my concern with that is how it's going to feel as far as the width of the grip uh they mm -hmm. did go a little bit wider like um what like a maybe a quarter inch or something like that um maybe not quite uh wider and so is that enough? I don't, I don't know, but um, that would be interesting to see. Cause that, that would, it, it looks, I love the front. I love the sights on it, period. Uh, just yep. looking at it. Love the sights on it. Um, 
and so yeah that's that's going to be kind of a, a deal breaker to me whether i kind of love it or go eh, is when i pick it up and how how thick it is in the grip uh, so my daughter's out there says hello waves to me she called a second ago obviously and i said uh, i'm a little busy uh, and her boyfriend had to remind her that I was doing this tonight. So thank you, Brendan. I'm glad that at least someone remembers. Um, so yeah, love you, kiddo. Right. I'll call you later. Um, and all that. So it is what it is. At least she's not like mine the other day, calling for tax advice again. <sighs> that happened. That happened last week. Yeah. Uh, God, I'm like, uh, kiddo. Uh, did don't you have a five year hundred thousand dollar plus? Um, uh, education in business in, management and accounting yeah, and all accounting. of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but I didn't do good on the tax part of it. Then I'm like, okay. She's like, I do accounting. I don't do the tax part of it. So I barely passed that. I'm like, you yeah, know, whatever. I, I mean, I'm going to help my daughter. I mean, obviously we're going to help our kids that all we can, but basically said H and R block or TurboTax, whatever software you're going to get. They literally are very good about are, question, question, and you just, if it takes you two weeks to do them, then it takes you two weeks to do them. So, yeah. And, and that's how I've done hers over the years anyway. So she's already got an account and I was like, look, right. just go on there. I said, until you ha hit, hit the button that says you're about to transmit this to the IRS electronically, you can change anything and everything. Anything. They I don't said, know. so get to that point and then call me. And I'll log in and look at it, and then you know we can go from there. But at least try it yourself. That's right. Uh, Wayne out there says Smith and West MP fifteen pistol, seven and a half inch barrel. Um, okay, so here's me. Okay, I, am I going to sit there and say that I don't have any AR pistols? No, I've got several of them over here, and a couple different calibers. Um, but I've come to make think for me personally 223 slash 556 okay i can understand maybe a 10 and a half inch if you don't want to go the full 16 or 18 or 20 inch barrels that they come with i could see 10 and a half 12 and a half inch when you start talking a seven and a half inch barrel for me at that point i'm gonna go for like for me like a nine millimeter or maybe, you know, just I would go like 10 millimeter or whatever. I would go pistol caliber at that seven and a half inch, five and a half inch pistol uh, for me because at seven and a half inches, you're taking a two, two, three and basically cutting the nuts off of it. It's not, it may reach out to 250 yards, maybe. But at that point, why wouldn't you go to like a 10 and a half or 12 and a half inch pistol, uh, you know, um, what do you call it? Uh, configuration and keep that two, two, three. If you're going to go seven and a half inches, I really do think I, 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 this is my person. I think you should go with a pistol caliber of some sort, whether it's nine or 10 or even 45 or something like that. It's seven and a half inches. Do I have seven and a half inch pistols? I do in two, two, three. Um, but I think ballistically and what you're going to get out of it for a seven and a half inch barrel, I think that a, a pistol caliber is going to be much more manageable and easier to do whatever you want to do with that. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on seven and a half inch pistols, AR pistols and rifle calibers? I think it could get it done. I mean, it definitely gives the right. It it's not, you've, yeah, it's had, you've had pistol competition and these are mostly little bolt 
bolt action guns, but you've had with the you know 222, 221, 221 fireball, which is very similar to a 223, um, things like that. You've had like long distance pistol competition with those in that type of Merrill links for many years. Uh, so uh, it's not it's not unusual. I know that it might seem weird, but historically speaking, from a firearm owner user shooting sports standpoint it's not really that uncommon or weird uh but it does give the cartridge yes um my take would be that one of the takeaways i would i would throw out there is if you're gonna go 12 10 is about to cut off for me um mm -hmm. if you're gonna go 12 four more inches is not that much Right. You get completely away from the pistol to rifle platform. You can basically do whatever you want with it. You're not stuck with braces and and weird possible weirdness and other things, right? Right. Um, mm -hmm. And you're basically getting maximum efficiency from it. So I don't know yeah. why, you know, yeah, if, if you're going to go over 10, I would say go ahead and go 16, save yourself the headache. And, 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 and so that's two. Yeah. And, and I see the validity in that as well. I just think in a seven and a half inch, um, configuration two, two, three, you're not going to be able to allow that projectile to really do what it was made to do it in a seven and a half inch barrel. Um, I think that you could really get done at seven and a half inches. I think a pistol caliber, uh, because someone mentioned that I can't remember who it was. I'm sorry, but someone up there says at seven and a half inches, five and a half, seven and a half inches, you're looking at CQB or a truck gun. Uh, it's kind of what I would imagine, but that's pretty much what you're limited to in, in that point. And, and I get that 100%. So if you're going to go CQB with it, then why not go nine millimeter, 10 millimeter, 45 ACP, a pistol caliber, match something that you're going to carry with you. So if you're carrying on your hip nine millimeter, then go with a nine millimeter, seven and a half. So at least you're able to share ammo, possibly even share mags. If you're running a Glock with a Glock mag lower or whatever, if you're running a 10 in the hip, run 10 in that carbine, um, you're able to do that. You're able to go, you know, pistol, rifle, uh, pistol, pistol, rifle, whatever it is. That's just me, but that's coming from a specific reasoning why. I just think that at seven and a half inches with a rifle caliber, you're really, really sacrificing what that projectile can do out of that barrel. That's just me. Um, let's see here. Uh, Bernie says there's no stability in anything well, less than. Well, I just commented or replied to out there. It's like you're you're taking barrel length, and when you take barrel length into consideration yep. when you're talking stability, that is probably the least important factor of stability number one um is going to be the projectile weight number two is going to be the twist and then you get into mm -hmm. barrel length after that so i know many seven half eight inch eight and a half inch that um i mean stability at what range right because things start to wobble when but they go might be fine but at 200 yards down right, range right as they start to lose velocity and lose it, energy you know? <laughs> yeah you wind shear right there's a lot of different things wind wind shear is dependent upon projectile design even so that comes into play so this whole notion of stability and i'm not accusing going to be out there of anything but i'm saying a lot of people talk st uh, stability and it would be interesting to have a deeper conversation with those people yeah. and kind of get understand what they mean by stability. Because if they're talking about the actual, like a football spiral, the twist 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, tight twist of that projectile as it moves through the air. Uh, there's a there's a lot of factors, and yeah, barrel length is one, and not even the major one, in my opinion. Right. Uh, Luis out there says, "What about an Anderson AR-15 16-inch five-five-six one and eight twist?" I'm assuming it's with the one point. I'm assuming that's one and eight twist. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably. I have no problem with that. Uh, a 16-inch five-five-six with a one and eight twist. That's pretty standard. Um, Rather say you have a one and seven, but one and eight is about what you see on just about everything nowadays. So, yep. Um, but Anderson, I mean, you know, there honestly, there's not a whole lot out there that's absolute trash. If you've got a trigger or there's a there's a part of that that's trash, you could always change that out. I have no. I have a couple Anderson lowers, no problem whatsoever. So you're asking me? If, if, are you asking my opinion on an Anderson 16 inch five five six one and eight twist? If you get it for a good price that you're re, that you're willing to pay for it, I, I I don't see any problem with that whatsoever. You got anything on the Anderson stuff? Um, you know, I'm trying to think if I own anything that's built on an Anderson, and I think I do. I just, just I'm drawing a blank on what it is right now. But I've right. shot tons of it and yeah. built, build off of tons. I mean, yeah, I've got experience with tons of Anderson stuff, and I I don't see any across the board. Yeah, I don't see any across the board inherent problems or yeah anything else. You, one beside the other, but that beside anything else high end, you know, it's and, really what you're going to put into that lower. Yeah, in the parts kit, that's really going to make yeah. a difference. The actual shell yeah. the lower. That's lower. the you know, and that's the thing. I mean, everything equal. Use the same furniture, right? Make mm-hmm. them virtually look the same and then duct tape over the brand and everything. And then tell somebody, okay, here's 10 ARs and they virtually all look identical, right? Uh, no branding or anything and say, here's 10 ARs. Here's 10 companies. Match the company to the AR. I can guarantee right. you there's probably not a person on the planet that can do that. That's how, you know, basic configuration, basic performance works with most of those it's they're okay across the board um so i wanted to type it but i'll just tell you uh wayne's is good info things hey first of all wayne i want to say this not trying to talk you out of a seven and a half inch 223 if that's what you want and it's going to get what you want to get done hell go buy it i'm just you're asking my opinion and and, and i'm coming from a different place clover's coming from a different place we kind of went opposite directions but for different reasons and we're coming from where i look at stuff like that do i have like i said i've got a couple of them but right now if i'm going to go buy their seven and a half it's going to be a nine um so you know that's just that's just me but by no means and I, i think i speak for clover or we're not saying not to go get it. If that's what you want and that fills that need and that want for you, man, have fun with that thing. Go buy it and shoot the hell out of it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, um, so, home defense. Home defense. I mean, it's going to work for something like that. Shorter range. Nice. I mean, definitely not a problem. So there was someone talking. Uh, where did I find it? I just saw it. So Kevin Smith. What's up, Kevin? How are you doing? It says, are we going to get the CZP 10M, which is, I think is the micro? In America, I, I'm sure we will. Um, here, here's the thing about CZ. Um, the micro, that's a niche over here. That's a big part piece of the concealed carry market is trying to get these micro guns now and all of that. So, yeah, 
I don't see why you wouldn't. Um, Understand now that most, and this sounds, I'm not saying all, but most gun manufacturers, if they have a presence at all in America, most of the time they're developing guns, even if they're in Europe, the end goal is to get them here. Why? Because we have the most guns of of the country. You know what I'm saying? So ultimately, every gun is developed. If they have a presence in America, they're going to try to get to America because we're the market. So uh, I would say we're the market for civilians. Um, So I would imagine that You'll see it. You'll see a lot of stuff come out this year. Uh, the G3C Toro is sweet. Yeah, I've been looking at that. I, obviously, I just had the, the G3 here for a couple of weeks. Love it. Uh, that Toro, everyone's talking about the Toro, and uh, I, I haven't had my hands on it yet. It does look pretty good. Um, it's more of the compact uh, versus the full size. But, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not converted yet, but I bought my ticket to the Taurus train. Um, I, I'm kind of liking with it. This G3 is really, really good. We'll see what happens in the line. If they continue to produce some pretty good semi-autos out pistols, then we can talk about getting on the, the, the tour. Well, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's word on the street is, I'll just say that way. Something new's coming, right? Uh-huh. There's a storm brewing. There's something's there's coming. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I joke, uh, I think a lot of people, uh, say that, and I, very few people know what at this point is is coming from from Taurus. But you know, I hear tell something is coming, so it's going to be interesting to see. Do they go smaller? Do they go larger? Do they go more geared to competition? Do they go more geared to maybe more geared to maybe now that Ruger has that Max Nine, maybe something that's more in that in line with that. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. It's fun to speculate, do they, though. Do they do they go after a ten millimeter market? Or that's what I was going to say. Maybe it's a ten millimeter. Maybe it's a ten millimeter Taurus, ten millimeter carbine, right? Ooh, ooh. ooh, ooh. just throwing <laughs> some shit out there. Yeah, yeah. why not? <laughs> why not? No, so Everyone's I mean, start going looking for press releases for a Taurus ten millimeter carbine uh, now. It's like, right. Now, yeah. Clover don't know. Around. I'll tell you right now, Clover don't know. I mean, I like I said, I've. I've heard whispers something's coming. That's all I can say. <laughs> say for sure, anyway. That's right. Uh, MP Shield 3.0. Uh, there's going to be, I, I think that this year is going to be the year for some really cool stuff because I'll, no one could really release anything last year. So I really do think that you're going to see some, some interesting guns come out. And understand that a lot of them were probably supposed to be released last summer, last fall. Just couldn't get it done for a lot of different reasons. Um, but hey, RGG's out there and uh, says couldn't join. Hey, no worries, bro. You're, I'm going to send you the link. You don't feel like you have to join. When you get a link, if you can join, great. You know, I sent the link to about ten people. Obviously, Clover's the only one that showed up. I don't have many friends, so uh, it is what it is. Uh, no, but you're all you're always welcome if you get a link. Um, let's see here. Stephen Elder says I'm hoping Glock will come out with a 44 mag. Okay, I'm not going to go too far in this rabbit hole because we can go down this rabbit. We've gone down this rabbit hole. I truly believe that somewhere in a desk drawer is sitting three designs. There is a, a Glock revolver. There is a Glock 1911, and there's a Glock AR-15 designed, waiting for Gustav to go. 
That's just I, me. Yeah, I disagree. Okay. Um, I think there is a crap ton of designs well, in yo, the drawer somewhere for more, all yeah. kinds of things. But I think the yeah. most likely first move, I do agree with you 100%. Um, that's why the G44, I know their PR with the whole legendary and blah, 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 blah. I get it. Outside looking in, I get it. But for Glock, for Gaston to sign off on that, that was legendary. That was freaking legendary yeah. because a Rimfire Glock was a totally different design and thought process and configuration and everything else than what has been done before. And he historically is very anti-deviation from that, from that, right? Yeah. We know that. Um, I think the first move, honestly, is is once he's out of the picture, once the old man kicks it, is a carving, is a is a pistol caliber carving. Yep. I think that's going to be Almost the number one thing. Uh, all that to, to talk specifically on the 44 Magnum, um, have you ever have you ever held shot a Deagle? Um, there is pretty much no two pistols that could be any more diametrically opposed than a Glock and a Deagle. And so for Glock to, there's no way you could beef up a Glock frame to do that. I don't think you could yep. from an engineering standpoint. I don't see it happening. It, it would be I, I don't it would be fun yet dangerous to be in the R and D division trying to get that done with a polymer frame. Yeah, I don't think I think, I'd, I think I'd probably like to have fun with that, but I have to sign a bunch and they're gonna want me to sign a bunch of waivers, but wouldn't that be fun? Well, they lock stuff into rest, you know. They've got the hostage style rest and they're able to lock stuff in and do things and they're they're not they fire remote and all that kind of stuff, but Jesse says a Glock revolver would be fascinating. There would be a lot of things to be fascinating. I would be the first one in line to buy a Glock pistol caliber carbine or AR platform. I don't. And, you know, here's the thing. We joke about Gaston passing away, right, and, and doing things. Yeah. But I don't know even if he passes away. Yeah, so I think I goose the, off, talk, you know. the, talk of a, the talk of a 1911, for example, the talk of a revolver. That would be something I can see. So, here's a, a, so I can't see either one of those. And let me tell you why. Is because even with him out of the picture, I think their their expertise, their tooling, their all of their other stuff, I still don't see them deviating way too far out of that, right? And they could have a, a really simplistic Glock esque as far as minimalist on parts and all that in a pistol caliber carbine, right? You're not gonna be able to do that with a nineteen eleven or a revolver. Those things are right. Swiss watches and they require tuning and precision and things that Glock is not. You can take 20 Glock 19s of the same gen, take mm -hmm. them completely apart, put them in a box, shake them up, interchange, yep. put 20 back together, and they all shoot just like they did when they went in. And 1911s revolvers, that doesn't work that way. And so I don't know that even his successors, kids, whatever, are willing to go that far with things yeah um i'm gonna let you feel this one because i know this uh -oh. is we've, we've had this discussion and you had some interesting thoughts on it but kevin out there your thoughts on cz buying colt uh i know you and i talked about that not too long ago and i think and it'll you know takes on it i think that that may up the colt 1911 game uh, mm -hmm. a little bit uh colt has has over the years has dropped off a little bit on their uh, all their quality control. So I think that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, across the board. And so I think that I think that picks up their quality control. Um, uh, it's CZ's pretty. 
boutique. It's easy. Likes that niche following. I mean, we joke about the hipsters or whatever all the time. Uh, and cult does have its, its boutique hipster, whatever you want to call it, niche following. So, you know, I think they embrace that. I think they pick up the quality control and I, I think we start seeing some, some good stuff. I, I think you start seeing, um, I don't think they're going to deviate. I don't think you're going to see CZ using the cult name and coming up with something crazy out of the box. I just don't see it. I see them sticking with uh, potentially the, the AR platform stuff and certainly the revolvers in the, in the 1911s. But I don't see them coming out with a poly cult. And a, you know. Now, one thing I would one thing I would like them to do, because CZ, as far as on the 22 side of things, in a handgun, CZ is super limited. So one thing I would like them to do with Colt is to bring back the Woodsman. Let me know out there in the live chat or down in the comments below about that one. But uh, we talked about standard manufacturing on some show, uh, bringing back their version of the Colt Woodsman. But that would be pretty cool if CZ said, hey, now that we've got Colt, we've got access to all this, and we are we don't really have a lot of 22 handguns, we're bringing back the freaking Woodsman. That would be awesome. I'd like to see that. Now, there's a side of this that I'm intrigued by, um, not because I think what you were talking about in a different different arena is it's going to be fascinating. Were there some cult designs that initially were shot down by cult and said, we don't want to do that, that CZ might say, hmm, a CZ revolver? Or vice versa, is there some sort of a nice semi-auto design that CZ did that they said, eh, don't know, but they could slap a Colt and now have a Colt semi-auto? Or is there a Colt AR design or something that you know, could be stand and now have a CZ AR platform? You know, something like that using between the two companies some designs that may not have made it through the board meetings or whatever, but could utilize in the other brand, that could be fascinating. So that, that's something I'm looking for to see. Do they have a little cross pollination here or not? I think that would be really, really interesting. It'd be kind of cool. But uh, yeah. yeah. So we are, man, we're gone 38 minutes and haven't even started into our uh, thing. So let's uh, go ahead and we talked a little great. bit. We, we had some technical caliber debate. debate that went down a rabbit hole, but you know. Yeah. But these are great questions. They were relative to the conversation and all of that. They weren't off the wall, weird stuff. We get some of those, but it's okay. Um, but what we're going to do, oh, well, ooh, Kevin says an AR with a CZ trigger. That could be <laughs> interesting. Right. There right. you go. Um, but yeah, um, we're going to talk a little about, about concealed carry. We talked about a little bit about how I came to this topic is Seeing in some of these groups and Facebook groups and all of that, that some information and should I say advice given to newer gun owners or new to concealed carry lifestyle have been weird to say the least. Um, and I'm not saying by any means that Clover and I are experts in anything, but well, I'll say it. I'll say it. I'm not shy. Yeah, but when I hear someone telling someone don't go 380 because it won't penetrate a hoodie or a jacket, um, that guy should not be giving advice to anyone. So I decided we're going to have a fun, some fun with this and talk about when you're looking for whether you're a new gun owner looking to buy a gun for carry or for self-defense or you're a, already a gunner, but you've never made that choice to get a gun 
specifically for Carrie. What should we be looking for? What should you be looking for and all of that? Obviously, the biggest thing we can tell you is go shoot as many guns as you can until you find the one. And I promise you, when you find the one, you'll know. You'll be like, oh, oh, that feels good. That shoot good. You'll know. Yep. But if you want to start kind of getting an idea of some things to look for, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So um, before we kind of go into all this, I want to say, Clove, you're unlike me in a way. You don't you don't have a, a rather large carry rotation. You've got a couple, three, maybe. Mason, it's one primary with a couple others that you do carry on occasion. I've got probably five or six that are in a rotation that I, I, I do a couple weeks right. at a time or whatever. And people will say that's stupid. I don't really don't care. That's what I choose to do. But when you are thinking about buying a gun or adding a gun that you may already have into that carry rotation, what are some of the things, not for everyone to look, but what are some of the things that you look for in that firearm? Do you have so, boxes that you've got to kind of check before you say this is going to the rotation? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, now to back it up just a little bit, yeah. I mean, I've I've really only got honestly three that I would consider my rotation at this point. Um, right. <coughs> pardon me, but uh, as far as open carry, I mean, all options are pretty much on the table. Uh, I've carried dozens of firearms in the last year. <laughs> open carry. Um, so, but there is sort of a common theme. Um, I've got firearms that I am not inherently proficient with, uh, and I stay away from those. So, you know, things like uh, my CZ-75s, my CZ-85s, uh, deep grip cut, feel good in the hand, therefore I'm inherently accurate. And we're talking about 10 yards, shots on a silhouette, without thinking no problem right we're not talking about one whole group type stuff uh i don't carry i don't concealed carry or open carry any of my target pistols for example right um so that's not what we're talking about so you know my biggest deal is it needs to and anytime i pick up a uh, a new firearm or i'm just looking at one i'll pick it up and i'll pick it up in point i'll pick it up and i will present multiple multiple times and so one thing I'm looking at is first of all, how does it feel? How is the how is the grip cut? Uh is it a is it when you when you grab that thing without looking at it, right? Does it sort of just fall into your hand in the right place? It puts your it puts your trigger finger when your trigger is not indexed, rather. Um, is it a natural grip that puts your trigger in the proper place, your trigger finger in the proper place on that trigger, be it a flat face, curved face, whatever. Um you know, I look at, you know, when I present, is it a natural present, right? In other words, uh, you know, you're talking about maybe not a silhouette. That's a little too much for me. But when I present, can I get it easily within the head area of a silhouette? What is that? Eight inches, let's say six to eight inches. Am I able to present it at any given time? Just you know, grab it blindly, pull it up, present and have it um, naturally fall within that that particular point and shoot right area um that's real big to me uh bigger concern over things i'm sure we'll get to which is capacity and caliber those are the two things how naturally does it point 
how naturally does it feel? Yep. And then, of course, obviously, obviously, brand with reliability, function, brand type, those things play a play a role too. I mean, high points out of the question for me anyway. For something like an everyday carry, I'm not knocking a high point. I own them; they're awesome. They're a lot of fun. They'll certainly get the job done. Um, but yeah, I mean, that does come into play somewhat as well. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought up the whole caliber capacity. Because I think that that's something now caliber. I could sit there and say that is something that I look at. Uh, obviously, I'm a big nine millimeter fan, but uh, I, I I I truly love sharing ammo between carbines, pistols, and all of that. Um, so obviously, I, I'm going to try to go nine unless there's just something that tickles my fancy for some reason. For but I love what you brought about caliber, saying it's down on the list on capacity. Um, I, I think it's funny, yeah. and, and we can get into this conversation because you and I have had this conversation on the phone a few days ago, actually, yeah. Uh, yeah. With, with capacity, and I'm not one of those that carries an extra mag on me. I, I don't, you know, um, there are times, and you and I both have talked about this, there are times that I might only have three or four rounds for different reasons why in my carry gun that might be a 15-round uh, capacity mag, and, and you're the same way. Um, here's my thing is if you want to carry a 15 plus one and then two extra mags on you, Hey man, that's, 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 that's you, yeah. you got to do what you got to do yep. for me. If it gets past, if honestly, if I have to go much more than five rounds, then okay. Corral scenario is not fun for me. That's not something I'm looking to be involved in. Um, I'm looking to probably get the hell out of Dodge. If it, it's going to take more than five rounds to get something done. Um, that's just me. Um, hold on here. Gary's coming in. So for, for me, capacity is way down on the list. I love the fact of the feel I I'm big on feel. I am big on, um, that's the biggest, the basic, the big feel and weight are typically the two things that I look at, because if it's something that's going to be heavy, yeah. then, if you're, if, if you, you know, that's just one of those things that you have to understand that all day, every day, this is going to be that weight could for every ounce on your yep. hip is a pound on your back. Just remember that, you know, and that's why I said that, you know, um, you know, sometimes I'll carry other things. I'll, I'll get into the CZs or I may get into a 1911 or, you know, but that's usually an open carry in a special situation, you know, just running to town real quick or, you know, maybe I've got to, you know, maybe I'm in the woods and I go from there into town for something or, you know, I'm not wearing that all day, every day. So absolutely 100% agree on the weight issue. Yeah. Uh, now Ross says he carries an extra mag for possible. I carry extra mags in my vehicle, but not on my person. Um, and I get the whole malfunction, but understand this is the magazines that I have in my carry guns. I've put hundreds, if not thousands of rounds through those mags. Yeah. And if they're going to have malfunctions, they would have already had them and I would have tossed them to the side and gotten another one or whatever. So I get that. And that's a valid reason. I just, I, I'm just not a big fan, the weight side of it and just being comfortable and all of that, uh, being on my feet most of the day, it, it's just not something that I look forward to. Uh, yeah. Before I bring in Gary, there is a question because I want to let him answer this as well. 
someone up there, I forget, I'm sorry. I, I see questions roll by. I don't necessarily see who asked them, but someone asked about a metal, for, I think it was maybe Patriot, asked about a steel frame gun for concealed carry. Hey, that's on you. Once again, everyone knows I'm a big fan of polymer frame guns. A lot of the reason why is because of the weight factor for carrying. Um, do I have some steel frame carry guns? Yes. Do I like to carry them a lot? No, but that's just me. There are some people that will and can and do. I got no problem. I'm never going to tell anyone not to buy a gun if, if, if that's what they want. It feels good to them. Typically for me, a steel frame gun is a little bit heavy for me to feel comfortable with being on my feet all day. That's just me. Now, I'm going to bring it to Clover here in a second, but first, uh, we've got our good friend from the Untactical Kansas. In Arkansas here, we're the AR Kansas. We're the Tactical Kansas. Kansas is just, uh, it's it's the crossbow of the Kansas. So um, now Clover's going to get pissed off. I'm going to say crossbow, bringing this into it. But what's going on, Gary? How you doing, man? Hey, not a whole lot. Uh, thanks for inviting me from the uh, boring flyover state of uh, Kansas, where where we enjoy all the gun freedoms. So that's right. Um, so I want to ask you first of all, did you get to shoot the TP9? Haven't had a chance to yet. But, okay, uh, I, didn't know if, I didn't know if you this weekend or not. Um, so we're talking about concealed carry and giving kind of some some things when you're looking to add a gun to the rotation or you're looking at to buy a gun for consideration for concealed carry what are some of the boxes that that gun needs to check off for you to 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 make that purchase for carry we're talking specifically for carry well it can't be too big because i'm not a real big guy i can't carry around 1911 inside my waist just for me that wouldn't work um weight you definitely brought up weight it needs to now you can't go too light because if you get something too light and i've been there then you've got to deal with too much recoil and stuff like that so you got to have a good balance between carryability but yet the gun having enough weight to where you can manage the recoil and keep rounds on target because in the end you've got to have confidence that you can take this out be on target the first time and be on target every time and not worry about it. Yeah. And, and I think that that's something that, I mean, I, I've got um, a bodyguard 380. That thing's so small. I use it for pocket carry on some areas where I can't, I, I took a shirt in and I can't conceal carry. Uh, I'll throw that in my pocket, but I'm not a big fan of it just because I just don't like the trigger. So it's like a 12 pound trigger. Um, but having a 380 come out of that kind of a barrel, um, like I said, it's not the most fun thing to shoot. Um, so I'm gonna go back to Clover and say, I like that you brought that up, Gary. The shootability of a gun, how I know you talk comfort and all that of holding it, but what about the comfort of shooting it? Does that play a role into your decision at all? Clover might be step aside. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it beats okay. you to death, that's not any good. Or if you know you get slide by it every time it fires or something. I mean, that's one of the that's one of the issues I have. Quite honestly, not opposed. People do it all the time, but you know, I've got an old school uh, Sig P two thirty. I've got some Makarovs, uh, the Bursas. A lot of the Bursas are even that way because it's that style of a of a little handgun. Um, you got to be real careful with those because you know they don't have like an extended cut beaver tail or nothing like that. And if you're not gripped right, you know, 
they're going to bite you. And it's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah, they're going to bite you. So, you know, for a carry gun and having to draw out of a holster really quick and make sure that grip is the way it needs to be not to get bit. And, um, of course, getting bit is a lot easier than getting mowed down in some kind of a, you know, uh, whatever incident, I suppose. But, um, but yeah, it's just that's that's not conducive. So, I mean, yeah, that that definitely plays a role but that also gets back into caliber a little bit mm-hmm. um you know why go more caliber than you think you need and and you're talking to somebody that that technically i started uh carrying with 38 special um mm-hmm. and then very very shortly after that moved into 45 acp why because i mean bigger is better and knockdown power and one, two world wars and blah, 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 and all the bull you hear. Right. Um, and then a couple of carry guns later, it was like, screw this 380 gets it done, man. And, uh, right. I've been pretty much 380 ever since. And, and got a, got, still got a 38 special in the rotation, but not 357, 38 special in the rotation. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, just not, you know, yeah, I want something that's going to be, uh, it's comfortable to shoot. Therefore, I'm going to train with it more. Therefore, I'm going to be comfortable and confident with it. Um, but if, you know, if you got something that beats you to death, how often are you going to take that sucker out of the range and train? Right? You got a two inch or a three inch or a four inch forty four Magnum, let's say. Right? <laughs> it's like nope. really? I mean, you're gonna you're gonna go run, and how expensive the ammo is for that too uh, yeah. plays a role. But you know, really, are you going to run fifty rounds a month through your forty four Magnum? I doubt it very seriously. Yeah. Now, Sandy out there, I'm interested. I'm interested. I'm interested. I'm interested. He says, I love the way the PPQ fit my hand. Loved everything about it until I shot it. Feeling wow. good in the gun store doesn't always mean. So I'm not dogging you, Sandy, at all. You're literally the first person I've ever met. Not saying it doesn't love it, but has actually said it didn't feel good when you shot it. So if you're out there, first of all, if you want to jump in, I'd love to get you for a quick moment. Um, if you're available, then let me know. And I'll send you a link. If nothing else, let me know what didn't feel good about it. Because not from my personal experience, but I've never heard anyone say they didn't like the way it felt when it shot. Not say it was the best ever, but always said, man, it feels so good. I've never heard anyone say it felt bad. So I'd be interested to hear what goes on. Um, so I want to go back to Gizzard real quick and say, you know, we were talking out there about steel framed um, guns for carry. I'm going to ghost you. First, do you have any guns that you carry that are steel framed? And two, what are your opinions on steel frame guns for carry? I don't have any. I mean, I do own some, but as far as carrying them, I'm yeah. For one thing, one of them is my uh, CHP pistol and while it's a beautiful gun and it might make a great barbecue gun or something like that from a practicality standpoint it's really really heavy uh that would weigh me down pretty quick and uh so from an everyday standpoint no i wouldn't carry it and uh like i said the 1911 is about the same kind of deal i love the way it looks i even love the way it feels in my hand but one thing i don't shoot it that well uh, secondly, uh, it's just, it's just not me. And I have smaller ones like the, uh, Taurus, uh, what is that? The, uh, PT 22, um, uh, too small, uh, way too hard a trigger to pull. 
in a situation where I needed to get a shot off and stuff like that. So, I mean, there might be the perfect gun out there. I don't own it. Obviously, there's a lot of guns I haven't owned, never shot, so I can't say never, 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 but nothing I have so far would fill that bill that's all metal. Absolutely. Um, interesting, we were talking about 1911s. Is I like 1911s. Um, I like the triggers in them. I'm not a huge fan for 1911s, not because I don't like the guns. It's most of my guns that I'm going after are going to fit a purpose, and I like to be able to think that I can be able to carry them. That's just how I am about guns. I, I like when it comes to handguns, the carry ability about them is something that I, it is probably atop the list. Uh, I'm a I'm a small guy. 1911 for me, I don't like carrying outside the waist unless I'm going to open carry, but I don't do open carry very often. Uh, very rarely do I open carry. So the prospect for me to carry a 1911 inside the waist is not good because they're just big. They're uncomfortable. Now, get me a three and a half inch 1911. Like I've got one coming in nine millimeter. Now that's something I'm really, really looking forward to because for the first time, there's an option out there for me to think about a 1911 as a carry gun um, because it's going to be a smaller frame, smaller barrel, and it's going to be nine millimeter because I don't want to, I don't think I'd want to shoot a 45 and a three and a half inch barrel. Just saying that's just me. Um, that's not that bad. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, uh, that's just not something I'm looking for. And a three and a half inch barrel. I want to go, you know, like I said, I, I'm nine millimeter, not saying I'm nine millimeter centric, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm close to it, but that's just me. Uh, so we brought Sandy in here and Sand Hill shooter. Go check him out as well. Uh, he's got a podcast coming up in about an hour, so I'm not going to keep you along. Um, and if you want to stick around till then, we'd love to have you join this conversation. But mostly for the PPQ, I'm just interested because I, I would love to hear like your thoughts on the PPQ now. Yeah, and, and I didn't mean to make it sound like it was bad. I didn't mean yeah. to make it sound like it, it hurt or anything. But what happened is I, I fell in love with that gun, and we actually bought that for my wife. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I just fell in love with the way the trigger feels. I fell in way in love with the way the grip feels, the contours of it. Everything about that gun was, was perfect. We took it out to the range and it's just the, the way it's a little bit top heavy, um, compared to a Glock 19, there's, there's more muzzle flip and that coupled with the fact that that grip it's contoured well, but there's little to no traction on it. And even to be able to control that and keep it from jumping around in my hand, we had to put some talon grips on it just to uh, just to tame that down that muzzle flip a little bit. Um, I'm not saying that more experienced shooters can't get along great with it, and and I'm sure not knocking that gun at all. Did but what? It's just we we ended up selling that to somebody because because we weren't neither one of us so, was going to shoot it. What caliber so are we talking? Yeah, I was going to say, what caliber and what was it? The subcompact? Was it full size? Which model of it? It, it yeah. was the the four the normal, plain PPQ M2, nine millimeter, okay. four inch barrel, plastic okay. frame. Hmm. But yeah, it just wasn't what either one of us wanted. So, I mean, that's why. Thank goodness, there's so many different gun makers out there building different Absolutely. things. But uh, but yeah, it just. I mean, I'm one of the few that you know i love the gun and i, I really wanted to love it more yeah but I, no, I, I didn't. and that's the only reason why i kind of because i've literally I, i've never heard anyone say that they didn't at least like you know and, and and 
like I said, the context of your statement wasn't there to where I understood. So, not saying I hate it, but yeah, it was definitely something that I hadn't heard before. Saying I loved it until I shot. I was like, whoa, whoa. Are we? <laughs> really? Was it was it new or used? Brand new. Okay, so Brand you new. had all the different interchangeable back straps, and you played around with all that. Yeah, yeah. It okay. wasn't. It wasn't a matter of. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing. Like I said, it wasn't anything that's, that Walter did wrong with it. It's yeah. just for my hand it, and her hand you. both. It, it wasn't the best fit, like like I thought it would be. Yeah, there, and and see, that's the great thing about it is is different guns. I don't like Sig, not because I don't think they're a great company or I don't think they make great guns. Sigs, well, historically don't fit my hand. And, and you don't like, and you don't like the deep cut of a CZ, and that's like the sexiest grip I cut don't. ever on a pistol, dude. I, and I, I just, I don't, I, don't like I don't get it. I don't get it. I get it. I I get why you don't get it. I wish I could love some of that. It's just when it comes down to, like I said, and it's just like what you said. Very first thing is, is when you pick up that gun right away for the first time, yeah. you're, you've yeah. made your mind up. Does this feel good to me or not? And for yeah. some reason, they just don't feel good. And I think they're wonderful guns. Um, what I tell anyone not to know, but for some, it just, I, I don't know what it is. What's up, Michael? From Budget Guns and Gear Reviews. How was the camping trip, bud? It was restorative. It was wonderful. Good. To my soul, anyway. Good. My body, yeah, no, I, I'm kind of <laughs> stiff and sore. But uh, for my soul, it was exactly what I needed. Yep. I tried awesome. to, uh, I, I, I spent the night in a uh, kind of a emergency type shelter situation. I wanted to go out and uh, kind of use the stuff that I'm going to have my students use, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I spent the night uh, sleeping on top of a couple ginormous 55 gallon contractor bags stuffed with leaves, you know, as, as insulation. And they were warm as hell. I mean, as a matter of fact, inside my little shelter, I was sweating, but my yeah. God, they were hard as concrete. Yeah. Kept me warm That's though. That wouldn't be good for my back, um, probably. No, it, uh, it was yeah, not good for my back, but it was good for the soul, I can tell you that. Well, I'm, I'm going to bring you and I'm bring Sandy, if, if Sandy wants to stick around for a little bit, uh, into this conversation. But I think Clover had one more um, um, follow-up on the previous discussion. Well, so no, it, it, it I don't know. It may throw a monkey wrench in it because it was more about extending the conversation. But, oh. you know, you talked about, you know, the ones you don't like, Sandy talked about, it you know, wasn't really anything wrong, but he didn't like, I've talked about the same thing. And so what I've got to wonder is, should we even be talking to new gun owners about what's best for them? Because we have so many misconceptions based on our experiences and what we like and don't like that who knows what they're going to like. The answer is yes. And that was going to be part of the next conversation. It's this, because this is what I'm talking about when people are in these Facebook groups and they're giving advice and they'll say, this is trash. That gun sucks. This is that. Don't trust this. That ammo sucks or that caliber sucks. That's their opinion. But unfortunately, what they're doing is they're passing it on as their expert opinion and facts. And to a new gun owner, they may not understand that that dude just may not like that gun. 
So I think we do have the responsibility to say that with the preface of, hey, this is my opinion. I don't like this gun because A, B, C, X, Y, Z. But I don't, and, and no one in this room that I know do this, but there are people that will say, this gun is trash. Stay away from it. That's where it gets dangerous because that gun may not be trash. It just may not be your cup of tea. So I do think that we should be having this discussion, but we also, we all need to remember how to phrase things, especially to someone that's asking a legitimate question and get out of the mindset of, of I am Tarzan, you know, and I want to give you my opinion and, and, and screw anyone um that doesn't agree with me. It's it's look, hey bro, you're asking me about this SIG P365. I think it's a wonderful firearm. SIG has a long tradition of being a great manufacturer. I personally don't like the way it feels to me, so I'm not going to buy it, but maybe you'll like it. Make sure you go try it out before you buy it. I think that's how you answer it instead of saying that gun's trash. I hate that gun. I think a <laughs> lot of I think a lot of people, right? And this is regardless of what we're talking about. And and new firearm owners, quote unquote, are no different than new washing machine owners or car owners or whatever Absolutely. else they may have bought in their lives, right? So they're used to those definitive statements by the pricks out there, let's be honest, that go, well, this is trash, period, end of sentence. Or I don't like this, period, end of sentence. And they give no explanation. And I got to think that the vast majority of new people, no matter what you're talking about, whether you're talking about buying a new car or whatever it is, tend to ignore those folks um i got to think at the end of the day that's really the way that it that it goes absolutely uh sandy i saw you on mute you got something go for it i've actually got two different answers to the bring it on baby bring it on question that clover asked there you know should we even be talking to new people uh first one kind of echoes what you said yeah we we definitely need to be talking to new people because who else is going to talk to them other than the people that are saying hey you know do this. I know what I'm talking about. You shouldn't even ask anybody else. Well, we want other voices, right, to talk to those people as well. So, but what I like to say is, you know, hey, this is why I didn't like it. And, and it's just my opinion, you know. So, when we are talking to new gun owners, we need to stress that whether or not we fancy ourselves an expert, we're not the only expert. And guns are like shoes, right? I mean, we tell everybody when, when, if anybody asks what specific gun should they buy, I always ask them, well, what specific shoe should I buy? Then they kind of look at me like a deer in the headlights, right? So we've got that. The other thing that um, kind of needs to be said, though, too, is, um, you know, if, if somebody's a new gun owner or looking at buying their first gun, they don't even understand if, if I talk about, you know, one's top heavy, there's there's more muzzle flip, it, it jumps in the hand or something like that. I mean, chances are that that's all kind of concepts that, that's going to be foreign to them, right? And so really, I mean, so you got to take that first step somewhere. You've got you've to buy that first gun, whatever it is. Maybe down the road you'll gain more experience and you'll find out that, hey, there's other things that I like better maybe maybe it'll be like me my first gun was the glock 19 and it's the gun that i judge everything against at this point and you know nothing's ever taken its place in my in my heart and in my in my lineup for carry because nothing's ever done better what it does but they've got to take that first step and go buy the gun whether it's 
you know, a, a piece of junk, but it's all they can afford and it's, it's the high point or whatever, or which is not a piece of junk, but it's, it's affordable. No, I understand. Or, exactly. Right. Or they can go out and buy, you know, a $1,500, um, you know, SIG Legion or whatever it is. I mean, you know, but they've got to get out there somewhere and get into it. And that's the only way they're going to learn what they like and what they don't like, you know, but again, with that is learning not only about the guns, but learn about the people that talk about them. Absolutely. And with that, I'm a bail. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. All right, guys, make sure you go check out. Uh, Sandy, you having a show tonight at the top of the hour? We are nine o'clock central time. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, and I'd love to have everybody's opinions on the, this topic too. Um, we're going to talk about mandatory training for firearms owners. Should it be, Ooh, I love that you know, should, should, yeah. So we're going to see if we can uh, dig in I, and, and I can uh, piss and people off in this discussion. <laughs> well, I, I mean, if you guys get wound up on, on yours in time, come and piss people off in mine. You got it, bud. You're, you're always welcome. All right, later, guys. Peace. All right, so yes, I saw that clover, and uh, I'm assuming this is what you're talking about. This mm-hmm. right here. Yeah. Well, Elder says fully trained combat vets are one of the best resources. I'm going to say I need some more context to that. Uh, I need some more information as to what exactly, because I could either agree or completely disagree depending on where you're going with that. So I think I um, can agree, disagree pretty much across the board. The only thing that I would sit there and say is a full train combat is a great resource for tactics, small team movements and tactics, communications, nonverbal communications. There are certain things that I would say that are great at when it comes to firearms themselves. Understand that what we had in the military is not what we have out here typically. Right. So, yeah, when it comes to small team tactics and, and nonverbal communications and all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Mind, and that's mindset. The, mindset. Mindset. Right. Yeah. The, the big picture, mission of first and team right. first, that kind of stuff. I can see where you would think that. But I want to see what he has to say. Training new gun people is what he's saying. Hey. No. I'm going to say this. There are some phenomenal trainers that have military experience. There are also some wonderful instructors that have never served a day in their life. So when it comes to teaching new gun owners, the firearm handling and tactics and all that is a very, 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 in my opinion, small piece of training new gun owners. What the biggest part, of training new gun owners is communication. Can that person teach safe, proper mechanics and skills in a way that that individual student can understand? Here's a problem. A lot of military people cannot communicate well with civilians. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you know if you don't know how to teach. That's right. And that's what it comes down to. Number one, uh, the communication thing is absolutely critical yep. when you're ta- when you're teaching because the entire purpose of teaching is to communicate an idea and make sure that the person that you're teaching gets what you're saying and understands it and internalizes it. That's what teaching is. So you might be the tier one delta operator if you can't teach a civilian how to how to how to carry a gun in a civilian context in a civilian context because you you have that's the second piece 
is the civilian context because the military context completely different from the civilian context. Just like, you know, with, with my background coming from a use of force in a corrections context, completely different from use of force in a civilian on the street context. So it, it's, it's not an apples to apples thing. Um, number two, a lot of soldiers, military folks aren't gun people. Regardless of whether or not they they towed a rifle every day and have had to use it in defense of their life or in furtherance of the mission, they might not be a gun person. So just simply saying that someone is a trained combat vet doesn't necessarily mean they'd be a good teacher for a civilian with respect. Absolutely. No, I I, I agree. Um, Let's see here. Steven out there says... um, Definitely talk to new people. As a new gun guy, I appreciate the different opinions. Just explain the goods and bads like you are tonight. And that's, I think that's what he's talking about, the community of Clover's questions. Should we be talking about this and all that? Um, so I appreciate that. Yeah, and I think that's what we have to do. We have to state that this is our opinion. And don't make anything to say, don't go buy this, don't do this, because we don't like it. So, yeah, uh, let's move on. Clover, since you brought this up in the back chat, uh, do you have anything to add or to bring upon? No, I mean, I was just, it was pertinent to the conversation that, you know, there's a reason there's been a saying for a long, 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 long time. Uh, You know, those who can't do or cannot do teach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's, there's a reason for that is, is some people, you know, they're not cut out to do it, whether they don't have enough, practice or you know in application practice right or they don't have the ability or skill level which most of the time is brought upon by that uh application is there Um, is natural ability and then there's definitely god-given whatever you want to call it natural ability involved in that yes absolutely uh i use the adage all the time uh at certified the shotgun sports instructor have taught many, many kids that do very, very well. I know how to do it, what to do. I know the mechanics. I know the ins and outs and sporting clays and trap and all of that other stuff. I know your positioning and the leads and what you do here and there and blah, blah, blah. Am I a good shotgunner? Nope. Right. I enjoy it, but I'm nowhere near good. Um, but I can teach it. No doubt. Uh, TPC says uh, most gun owners are these days aren't gun people. I wouldn't say most, but I think that there's an ever growing number that are gun owners that I think they're gun people, but they may not be into the gun lifestyle. Um, yeah, they're not so into the gun culture, and they're certainly the culture, not two A, yeah. not two A. Right? Yeah. So I would say that's a hundred percent right. I would say that most of the, especially the newer ones probably aren't too aware but at all. Here's my question with that though. Okay. Have any of those people are unaware there's a bigger, broader community and how awesome the community is. In other words, they've made the decision to go out and purchase a firearm for home defense to keep in the nightstand to whatever. And they may go to the range every now and then, but they haven't been approached to say, Hey man, have you thought about this competition? Hey, have you thought about this turkey shoot? Hey, have you thought about this or that or come? You know, you know what I'm saying? And actually being a part, a broader part of the community, that maybe they haven't been. Nobody's just reached out to them and, and welcomed them in, right? And if somebody did, 
and they knew that a, a broader, larger community existed, would that potentially sway them more to be a part of the actual gun culture? And then subsequently, as they move down that line, become more aware of 2A and be become more of an advocate and an activist. So move, kind of moving that pendulum makes you wonder. It does. Um, I want to bring Mike back in and, and kind of do what I do with Gary since you kind of join in here. Backtrack a little bit and just kind of get your opinion. When you're looking at a gun, but that gun is specifically going to be utilized as a carry gun, are there certain criteria that that gun's going to have to meet before you make that jump into buying that gun for carry? I like to have... I like to have something... This is generally speaking. Now, now <laughs> let me caveat this by saying that, you know, guns are like golf clubs. There's there's a gun for, a, for different purposes for different specific yeah. tasks okay um but generally speaking as an all-around carry gun i'll look for something that doesn't have any sharp edges on it number one i'll look for something that is large enough that it has a decent magazine capacity yet small enough that it can be concealed on my big ass which generally speaking isn't too difficult to find I try to find something that's a polymer frame because I love to shoot steel guns. Absolutely love to shoot steel guns. Hate to carry them because yeah. they have a tendency to drag my belt down off my ass, even when I'm carrying a nice, wonderful, awesome belt. So, you know, I, I, I tend to look for something in the Glock 19-ish or maybe a little bit smaller size. Mm -hmm. More often than not, what I carry is my uh, Ruger EC9S, even though it doesn't quite have the magazine capacity I'm looking for. It's thin enough to, to carry without having to worry about printing. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's big enough for me to shoot comfortably. It's rounded in all the right places. Um, it's about, I'd say... You said round in all the right places. That's right. It's rounded in all the right places. <laughs> Although lately I've been carrying my Glock 48 because it's it, it's it has that thinness factor, yet it, it it's got a 10 round magazine and I I really like that. Plus, you know, the light laser combo is a is a big plus for me. But you know, going back to something I posted in the chat earlier, when I don't feel like carrying a gun, I carry a little Taurus 380. You know, 380 is what I carry when I don't feel like carrying a gun. So, boom, boom, fact, boom. I'm carrying that right go. now. There you go, Clover. He just shot a shot. He sent a shot across the bow. Oh, straight across. <laughs> straight across. <laughs> no, it's not even across the bow. It's in the freaking boat. You know what's? You know what's funny <laughs> is I was doing something at that particular moment, and I didn't even hear what he said. So he said I, he carries 380 when he doesn't want to feel like he's carrying a gun. Uh, <laughs> I'd, okay, whatever. I can relate I'm, to that. I'm too. carrying, I'm carrying my whatever. 3 right now. Just, I, just I, saying, I, though. I will invite anybody to come down and try to jump me in the Walmart parking lot any night they so choose. 
Oh, no, no, I'm I'm with you, Clover. I am with, with today's oh. modern 380 ammunition. It's not as it's not an issue like it used if to you, be. If you hate 380 that much, if you're that adamant 380 won't get it done, then I invite anybody to try to take it away from me, baby. Just bring it up. Or or I would love to. So <laughs> the reason why this even started, Mike, is you probably missed the beginning. In a Facebook group that I'm on, oh. a person asked. You can only imagine. The person asked. Looking at some 380s and some nine, which one should I get? And here comes Tarzan. 380 is worthless. It won't even penetrate past. It, it won't even penetrate a hoodie or a puffy jacket. I said, Did you oh, respond shit. with, are you volunteering to be shot? I, I, I literally responded. I, I called, first of all, I, I called Clover immediately. I said, oh my God, this is what we're finding every day right here is this guy right here. But I said, I said, tell you what. Let me know when you make your video of standing in front at 21 feet of a 380 and you put it on YouTube because I want to see it. If, if you're not worried about it, so what I'm going to do is I think I'm going to go and get my my little mannequin here and I'm going to put a t-shirt, um, a hoodie, and a jacket on and at 21 feet and put a target underneath everything and see where the hole penetrates that target. But I'm just like, these, that, that's why this whole thing came about, is you have people out there that are saying it won't penetrate a, a hoodie. Are you outside your mind? So that's where this whole thing yeah. came from. Um, now, Calaveras is going to have a, a stroke out there if I don't bring up this comment. He's put out there. You know to, what? He can go eat a pickle, a California <laughs> that's pickle. Right. That's right. Uh, but he, did, he, he did say here he brought it to me and then he brought it to you because he thought that I was ignoring him, apparently. Uh, but he said, I heard a gun store employee say, uh, a carry gun should only have enough power to break ribs if someone's wearing armor, just in case the attacker has armor. Um, oh, okay. Well, God, that you know, dude, I'm always on the lookout for people that are trying to rob yeah. me with armor. Yeah. Um, that dude should not be in a gun store or put them in the back and don't allow them to talk to customers. So, so there's, there's a misconception that we got to deal with. Right. And, and I'm going to use a lot of air. I'm going to use a lot of air quotes here, obviously. But what is the most attractive news stories, blah, 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 mass shootings, right? Mass shooters. Um, mass shooters. Ma well, that's why I said I'm using air quotes because yeah. I'm using yeah. their words and stuff. And so the, the dudes, remember the guys that robbed the bank in California and they had all the body armor? Well, Man, was. wasn't that sexy, right? Yep, and oh, yep. look at these scary and pe that those are such outliers and anomaly. The gangbanger dude wearing a wife beater, right, with probably an airsoft or a BB gun, is most likely who's going to pull on you or attempt and, something. And probably right? unloaded at that. As as know. small as the odds are, even for that to happen with most people, and we had this conversation privately, you and I, when we talk about the odds of even being in an encounter, um, a lot of that depends on your level of situational awareness, depends on how you actively try to avoid certain situations, right? Um, and for some people, I get it, and and I'm not blanket state going to make a blanket statement and say all people have that luxury because there's some people that can keep their head on the swivel. 99.9% .9 of the time, but they live in such a horrible place or whatever that the odds are still high. I get it. And I feel for you, you know, in that situation, but yeah. you know, all of that stuff matters and the odds are going to come up against somebody with, you know, trying to do you harm. That's wearing any kind of body armor. It's like, 
come on really really so interesting you brought up a a couple words there um in a different group it's an everyday carry type group and all that and they're always putting in like i said a lot of times they're, they're lately a lot of knife conversations hey what's a good knife for edc everyone i think about adding a knife to and i've got my gun and i've got my light i think about adding a, a knife and all that and so a lot of knife stuff going on and all that um and and so i love that but here's the funny thing is so a question was asked maybe maybe a month ago or something like that it was a while ago but it was this year sometime said what's the most important part of your everyday carry uh stash or whatever and i was and everyone's going through oh my gun or my light my knife and i said my situational awareness and dude people were fucking hating on it like oh i was like shut up if, if you say anything besides situational that's the most important part of your edc loadout is if you're not aware of what's your going ears. on it doesn't matter what you're carrying it does if not what's matter. between your ears doesn't work it doesn't matter what you have in your pockets yeah and oh my gosh he's all oh, you can overcome it. no you can't if you are not aware of what's going on at all times then you're not going to have a chance to pull that gun or knife not um, a one it, it's just one of those things, and I'll give a, an example. Not that I feel threatened at all. Um, this is two or three years ago at SHOT Show. On a Monday night, Clover and I and Jeff and, and Dustin, we all went to this um, pre-SHOT Show party after Rain's Day at this bar. I think it was a bar. Um, anyways, we get there early. We, we're, we're there about 10, 15 minutes before anyone else starts showing up. So we're outside having a smoke in the parking lot of this bar sketchy part of vegas which they're all sketchy outside of the strip so let's be real but we're just out there in the parking lot and we're right next to this um right next to this gas station the tiki bar yeah the tiki bar that's what it was but it was right next to this gas station we're just out there having a smoke and all that and i see this guy walking towards us that's about 50 yards away but he's obviously we're the only ones there so he's obviously walking towards us at this point i don't have a gun and clover doesn't have a gun because we're in Vegas. I and gotta have my have my hand on my knife in my pocket, so, though. <laughs> so here's the thing: once yeah. again, we're out there smoking, and my hand is already in my pocket with the knife. I, I don't bring it out and show because I don't want it, but it's right there. And all I gotta do is it's an auto knife, so it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things where we're sitting there having a conversation, smoking, but I'm watching what's going on over here, over here. I'm looking through the window in the car to see what's going on behind me. Call me paranoid. Call me whatever the hell you want to call me. But I see a guy coming from 50 yards away. My hand goes directly into my pocket. Clover's hand goes into his pocket. The guy ends up talking about. Well, we were also um, we were also 180. I don't know if you noticed that or not. We were watching each other back. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and that's something that I always do is is we, we've got everything. We've got 360 degrees cover between the two of us. But we're both hands were in the knife. And when and I said, hey, someone's coming over. What do you do? You kind of shift a little bit to where now he's in your peripheral. And we have no problem. We have a conversation. The guy's a cool dude. We talk for five or ten minutes. He's funny as hell. Talk about music and all that. But 50 yards away before he even had a chance to realize that he was coming over towards us. You take two steps in my direction, and I'm the only one in that direction. Guess what? I'm already prepared. So I was ready. If he got within three or four feet of me, that knife's coming out. I'm sorry. It didn't play. But once again, 
situational awareness. If you're not aware of what's going on, then you're putting yourself in a position to be hurt. Well, and then, you know, another thing is, you know, I, I think that the the attitude and everything that you have, the competence that you portray, I think plays a plays a role too. So, no. you know, who who knows? Maybe maybe he was coming over there. Maybe he was coming over there to scout out the situation, right? He, he probably was. And when he found out we weren't shy, we weren't timid. What the fuck's going on, dude? You know, all right, all right. Talk about the music. You know, this, you know, whatever, right? Um, you know, we weren't intimidated by him. We weren't scared by him. He he wasn't. He didn't have any advantage. No. And no, you know, was, so, so who knows? Bad. Who knows what his intentions were? We still don't really know that when he walked over there. Maybe mm-hmm. he just walked over there to see why four people were hanging around in an empty parking you know, lot. At, yeah, yeah. At eight o'clock at night on a Monday. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah he for, probably for thought sure. we had. He pro- probably thought we had something to smoke or shoot up or something. Probably. We could have been there for a drug deal for all he knew. I don't know. Like right. I said, you don't know. We have no idea what his intentions were. But he was on the radar 50 yards away. It didn't, I didn't wait till he got 10 yards away before he popped on my radar. He took two steps and I saw that kind of walking. When he turned to face us, I think I said, Hey, there's a guy coming over here. Remember that? I mean, it was immediate. He was still at the pump of the gas station. I was like, There's a guy coming over here. And at that point, he's he's on my radar. I'm not going to look at the guide and show him, Hey, I see you coming, but I want to know exactly where that guy is until he gets in his car and drives away. He might not have come all the way to us. He might have stopped halfway and gone back. But that guy, I'm going to know everywhere he is until he is gone. That's just how my mind works. Um, and that's just what it is. But, uh, yeah. Um, now, Calaveras is talking some smack out there. It's like he's a fucking giant out there. So, whatever. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm taller than he is. Um, but no, uh, <laughs> the whole, the whole idea of situational awareness is, 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 is huge. So, uh, we were going an hour and a half. We're going to start, uh, not sweeping up. I've got one more kind of question that I want to talk about. And, um, here, here's the thing. I'm going to start with Gary, um, is this aside from, we all know, aside from, Hey, make sure you get out there and pull the trigger yourself on guns before you try. If you're talking to someone who's deciding whether a new gun owner or a current gun owner, but they're looking to, for the first time, get into the concealed carry game. Okay. Does caliber, does capacity, we talk about these, we're going to talk about this caliber and capacity. What do they mean to you and your criteria? Because I think that Mike was the first one that brought up capacity as being one of his criteria um, and all of that. But is what as far as capacity and criteria, where do those fall in your rankings, Gary? Well, that's an interest, interesting question because for the better part of my life carrying guns, I've carried uh, 380s with uh, basically a 6 plus 1. So uh, I did move up. I moved up in caliber from 389 millimeter and in capacity. And uh, just because nowadays you can, I mean, the the amount of guns out there that have a 10 plus one capacity and, uh, you know, that can carry the nine millimeter and still be small and carryable, they weren't there five years ago. And they are there now. So, uh it presented itself and I took advantage of it, found a gun that worked for me and uh, now I carry it. Does that mean that what I carried before was wrong? No, 
Absolutely not. Uh, and I still carry that original first gun I ever bought, that Taurus TCP, kind of like budget says, you know, when it's a hot summertime, you're wearing the athletic shorts and you've got to go somewhere and you really ought to have a gun on you. You go get that uh, small, tiny, lightweight gun, you put it in your pocket and you go and uh, you're, you're still good as far as I'm concerned. Yes, you could be better, but you're still good. Absolutely. Uh, real quick, we got Crumpy has jumped in with a $5 super chat. Thanks, Crump. Um, once again, we're not asking for anything, but uh, for all super chats, they always go to sending care packages to our troops downrange and overseas. So thanks for the $5 that will go um, to a care package. So thank you very much, Crump. Appreciate it. Uh, bring Mike in. Um, and, and you were talking earlier about some of the criteria that you were looking for and all that. But uh, I noticed you were showing a knife. Um, it's funny because when people start talking about carry items, the knife. Now, recently, it's becoming a little bit more popular because of different things. But when you're looking at a carry knife, what kind of knife? I mean, are you looking for a fighting knife? Are you looking for a knife that you can carry that can do multiple things with hunting, fishing, chopping? I mean, when you're talking about a carry knife, like when I carry a knife, I'm looking, I carry a fighting knife, a karambit. Okay. So, but a lot of people don't look for fighting knives. They're just looking for a basic knife that can be multi-purposed, for instance. What kind of knife are you looking at when you carry? Do you carry different types of knives depending on where you're going or what? Yes, I carry different types of knives depending upon where I'm going, what I'm doing, uh, what area I'm going to be in. Um, you know, what I carry hunting is different from what I carry camping, is different from what I carry generally in my pocket. Um, you know, it, it depends. Just as I said earlier about there being a different gun for a different situation, knives are like that as well. Yeah. In the wonderful state of Ohio, until April 12th, I don't carry a fighting knife because a knife is nothing more than a tool. And even after April 12th, I don't carry a fighting knife. One specifically as a weapon, I will carry one as a tool because in Ohio, legally speaking, if it's anything other than a tool, it's a weapon and you can go to jail for it. Particularly since we have a crazy patchwork quilt of knife laws in Ohio, there is not knife mm -hmm. preemption, which there are organizations fighting for here in the Buckeye State. Um, and hopefully we can get that taken care of. But yes, I carry tools. What I look for... Um, I tend to, well, if, if it's a folder, something this size that I can operate one-handed has a, I like fine edges, not serrated edges, but whatever. It's got to have a nice sharp stabity point if I need to bore a hole in something, you know, because sure. obviously I, it's not a weapon to stab anybody with, right? So yeah, no. just, I don't know. I, I, I look for something that's large enough to get the job done of any anticipated job yet small enough to carry and conceal and uh light enough to carry i like stuff like uh titanium handles and whatnot one that i just got recently has a titanium handle and a d2 steel blade so just i don't know i, I i'm kind of a kind of a knife geek i can go on about this subject for a while i love, I, I love knives i I'm not a huge knife connoisseur. 
I've got a bunch of knives, but I'm not I'm not that kind of a guy. I love knives, and I got into yeah. knives seven eight years ago. Um, really, gonna uh, love them. Uh, watching Forge and Fire, I love watching blades being made. I was like, oh snap, you know. And then you start seeing these different type of blades are making. I'm like, oh, that's that's awesome. Um, I got to tell you, if I could get away with carrying a sword, I would. I'd carry a katana if I had one. I got but one of those. Coming. I'll tell you about that later. So do I. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, I, I tend to forget because when I, when I talk about people about knives, I tend to forget in Arkansas, the law on blades in Arkansas is if it's a blade, it's legal. doesn't matter. Auto blades doesn't matter the length. I can literally walk down with my Marine NCO sword in a katana in a machete and I would be at the same time and I would be perfectly legal. Not a problem. Most places in Ohio, I could walk around open carrying it. Yeah. But yeah. anything concealed yeah. in Ohio, yeah, is a no no. Yeah. So when but, I talk to you about blades and all that, I, I, I tend to forget sometimes that not every state is as nice with them as, as we are here. So, um, right. Gary, I know that you've shown pictures of some knives coming up. Um, is there a specific type of knife that you like to carry on a regular basis or do you rotate them you are muted somehow it doesn't say you're muted but sorry you're... about that oh there you go yeah i just i saw your left like maybe he's not muted i don't know but yeah no what i said about this big one and i said that's a big a bit big to carry every day um what i carry every day is this uh this bench made Okay. Uh, it's not huge by any means, but uh, for somebody with uh, slightly arthritic hands, having an assisted opener is pretty handy. Uh, this is very nice, sharp. Um, I find that for everything I need a knife for, and you'd be surprised how often a day you can really use a knife for something. And it's nice and sharp and always does the job, and it's easy to carry. So um, for me, it's a good investment, and I like carrying it. So absolutely. Uh Clover, what about you? Um, do you kind of change out different knives on where you're going, or do you kind of have a knife blade kind of a style that you like over anything else? I just usually I just carry the uh lid off a can of Vienna sausages. That's normally <laughs> I know that's in, I know that's inside for those for those that don't follow the Ghost Tactical channel and watch the videos regularly. There you go. You'll have to watch to figure that one out. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Check out the video from yesterday. Do I have rephrase the question? Because I was just waiting. To okay, so one. like I mean, I know you carry a knife, but do you have a rotation, oh. or do you carry no. one kind of specific oh. knife all the time? Dude, you know, I got knives all over the place. Yeah, I've got like five of them just right here. <laughs> yeah. And I typically just wherever I grab whatever and throw it in my pocket or clip it out in the morning. It, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I now do I have some I prefer over others? Sure. I've got that knockoff sog stiletto. Uh and I, man, is there something about a stiletto blade? I love that thing, man. It's like gangster. You know, it's 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 thin. And it's long, and you talk about if you needed to get up in under ribs and stuff and get somebody, I mean, it'd be great for something like that. And it makes an awesome letter opener and box opener as well. So uh, double duty there. So it's one of my favorites, even though it's a, you know, eBay knockoff kind of, you know, sog knife. Um, and then I've got, I've got several that I don't hardly carry anymore because they're nice and 
yeah. you know, I tend to lose knives. You know, it's like a expensive pair of sunglasses almost in a way. Right. Uh, for me, knives are, and inevitably I end up finding them. Thank goodness. But sometimes it's years later that I find them in a box or this, that, and the other. That happens with guns too, by the way. But um, uh, no, it. Uh, we use leave them out in the snow. Just yeah, saying. or I leave them out in the snow. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I've always got, I've always got, and I have since you know back in the back in the day when I went to school, we could have pocket knives. So yeah, yeah um, same. I yep. don't. I mean, I'm sure I was itty bitty. I mean, I'm sure in elementary school, well, maybe even in elementary school with Cub Scouts and all of that, even had a knife, you know, probably not in kindergarten or crap like that. But, um, yeah, forever now. I can't remember when I never really had access to a knife. It's just silly not to. I mean, you know, what was it? Gary said, everybody said, I mean, it's, it. let's, let's face it. It's a tool, man. And that's right. And even women, I mean, possibly you need a, the first tool, men, yeah. women doesn't matter. I mean, you should have a knife in your, in your pocket. that could help with so many different things. I remember my first knife that was mine. I was in Cub Scouts mm -hmm. uh, back in the day. I was probably like five, you know, whatever, four or five. And, uh, I don't remember much about the camping trip. I remember it being fun, but my dad before going on the camping trip my dad bought me this little pocket knife and put my initials on it and taught me how to uh, whittle and um because that was gonna be something we were gonna do and he wanted me to go on the camping trip with the cub scouts already knowing how to do a little bit of whittling um so he taught me how to whittle a stick and all of that and uh, i remember i was probably four or five when i got my first knife and um yeah it's, it's one of those things now I've, now I, I I love different uh, blades. I, I'm I'm looking to get into more of the machete type, that 12 to 18 inch kind of a machete. There's a, a blade that I'm really loving right now. It's called the Dow D A O. I think those are just sexy as hell. And if I can find one like 12 18 inches. I would love to find a really good. I, I'd spend some money on them because those things are just awesome to put in the truck. And talking about being able to go anywhere and take care of whatever you needed, knocking down trees, whatever that thing looks awesome. So, so I, I love these. yeah. If if you if you're as old as as old as I'm gonna say we are because we're close enough that we remember what I'm gonna talk Except about. For Gary, he's old as shit. These these young kids nowadays have no clue the the, the troubles and the strifes. Do you guys remember? the packaging on CDs and subsequently cassette tapes that you had to try to get through when you bought one of those. Oh my uh, God. You had to have, you had literally, you had to carry a knife with you. Absolutely. There was no other way to get into that crap. It, or maybe a hacksaw, but of course a knife's a little easier to, yeah. to carry than a hacksaw, but oh yeah. my God, don't buy any VHS tapes. Uh, you know, CDs, cassette tapes, anything back in the day, because you had to saw through the packaging. It was horrible. Well, okay. So even with even with a knife, the cassette tapes and CDs were still not fun. The VCR tapes were better because you could find the little crease in the bottom where the tape comes in and out and slides your knife along that and it would cut through. But the CDs, you're, I'm, I'm still going, I really don't want to scratch the CD case. Well, the CDs also had that plastic frame, though. 
what exactly. I'm talking about. Yep. And it's yeah. like you had to cut through the yeah. frame. So that's, you had to get the knife, like the real thin part across like the width. You could get your knife, you could slide it sideways and it would go yep. in between the case and then you would be able to turn it and tweak it just a little bit. Yep. And then if you, if you jerk, if you, you know, pulled back just right, you know, it would, it would slice it open. But how many times did you crack the CD case or the tape case? That's why that. every time I got a CD <laughs> out of the case, I had a big old book of like soft pages that you put in like a, a CD, you know, a carry case, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The sheets. So I would take it out of the plastic and I'd put it in those because that piece of plastic was going to be destroyed by the time I got it open. So, right. yes. Right. So yeah. I was talking about uh, um, little dire straits out there. Sultan's a swinger. Great. Uh, my favorite Dire Straits. I'm a big Dire Straits fan, but uh, a lot of people may not have heard of it if you're not like a, a big fan. Just you know, people heard of uh, Sultans of Swing and they want oh, yeah. uh, uh, and all that. But um, if you've never heard Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits, it's one of the most beautiful songs you'll ever hear. Go out and, and YouTube Brothers in Arms for Dire Straits. Oh, amazing! That's my favorite. I love. Um, I love um sultans of swing i love that song but uh, brothers in arms by far is my favorite dire straits anyways yeah uh steven says i see your dire straits and raise you some easy top now don't get me started on some easy top uh you get me oh man <laughs> if you're from texas and you don't like easy talk something's wrong with you yep it's texas town Outside, there is a great ZZ Top documentary. I think it's on Netflix or something. And it's um, it's wonderful. If you're a ZZ Top fan, go check it out. It's great, great. Um, Frank Beard is hilarious, and he's kind of the forgotten one. But he was the only one that didn't have a beard, but his last name was Beard. Go figure. So uh, yeah. yeah DJ says um, they could have opened it for you. Uh, I did retail records, tape CDs. Uh, and I'm going to tell you right now, Walmart back in the day wouldn't open it for you. Yeah. And there was a chain here called Discount City. Um, and there was another chain called Gibson's. And none of those would open it for you. Now, if you went to like the Sam Goody or the Hastings or the different places in the mall, yeah. they would. They would. Uh, but yeah, the the big box the big, stores or the, the big box stores. would not they didn't care yeah. but i always went there was a record store there in dallas and i you know, being in plano we always there was a place called bills and bills is where i always bought everything and they would they would like you want to sell the rapper hell yes <laughs> they would take it off for you and all that but bills was the place that i always went to and it was a great 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 record store Damn. Okay, we're coming up here. I've got. I actually got to be somewhere uh, in about forty-five minutes, which is crazy. I know it's late, but um, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go through the room. We'll start with Mike real quick and say, okay, we've all heard of all this. What's the one piece of advice? The one piece of advice that you would give someone who's looking for a new carry gun? Try as many as you can before you buy them. Find a range that'll let you rent it. Find your find a buddy that's got a ton of them. Find a way to get as many in your hand. And this is what I tell every person looking for a gun, particularly new gun owners. Yeah. Find what you can shoot comfortably because it doesn't matter if it is the best gun in the world. If it's not the gun for you, it's not worth shit to you. I love that. I love that. Gary, what about you? 
Uh, obviously, can't take that one probably because he just stole it from everyone. I think we could all say that. But, uh, is there anything else that you would probably say aside from try out as many that you would say to, to someone who's really interested into their first carry gun? I mean, if I could add to that, uh, yeah, obviously find something that works for you. Uh, get it, shoot it, get a holster and carry it. Get comfortable carrying it, carrying it every day. Don't make it something that you're not going to put on or you have to think twice about it. Uh, wear it around the house for a day or two, get used to it, take that Walmart walk and get to where you can carry it every day because you never know when you're going to need it and you can't predict when you're going to need it. You know, that's something that we didn't even touch on. It's on my list, but like I said, if we had another hour, we could have touched on it very easily, but holsters and all that, whether you go leather, Kydex, inside the waist, outside the waist, but I'll just say this holster is in general needs to be a part of your decision. Um, what holsters are available for that gun? When you get a holster, does it feel comfortable? Not just the gun feeling comfortable in your hand. Does it feel good being holstered on your waist or on your hip or wherever you're going to carry? That's part of the comfortability of that gun. So uh, absolutely. There you um, go. There you go for next week. Yeah, we can talk about that next week for sure. I think I've, I've, I've got a, uh, I've got a, a really awesome one for next week, but it might be two weeks from now. But we well, can definitely go. dive into that, you know. Yeah, uh, Clover, want to ask you the same thing. So uh -huh. take with um, Gary and Mike, maybe expand or change well, things, whatever I you want to say. Do. I would take what Budget said, and then once you're done wasting your time with all that, buy a 10 millimeter <laughs> 1911, and you're done. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> it's over with at that point. Yeah. No more look. No more looking around. No more whatever. Um, sure, no, I mean that, no, I mean that. No, I mean they 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 totally corked. You know, just about everything I I was gonna say. I mean, you need to. Well, that's why I went to you. Let you go last because sometimes you you think outside the. You box. need to. You need to get out. You need to get out of typical mindset of most of the keyboard warriors. Um, you really do. Um, this notion of stopping power, you know, what, what the crap is the, the guns don't work like in the movies. You know, there's no, you know, there's no gun. You shoot somebody and they fly six foot back. You know, I don't care how big of a shotgun or even if it was a 50 BMG, um, you shoot somebody point blank with a 50 BMG. You would think that it would be the movies and they would fly back 50 foot, but you're going to get pink mist is what you're going to get. Ain't nobody flying back. Um, uh, mm. so this whole notion of stopping power, uh, what they're getting at it's is that 50 that 50 is well, going straight through them. It's not going to, it's just going to go straight. It through depends them. on the, depending on the projectile, but yes, mm -hmm. yes. Um, which, which that gets me to my point of stopping power. What most people yeah. actually mean when they say, say stopping power is the energy dump. Um, you know, you've got velocity, you've got the weight of that projectile. You do a little bit of math and you come up with the energy and, the surface area, that's why one of the reasons that hollow points and different things expand. When they expand, they have more surface area by which they're able to dissipate and distribute more of that energy. It's an energy dump issue. So, um, and I got to tell you, I mean, it doesn't take that much energy for somebody to know they've been shot. Um, so, um, with with ammunition is a is a is an interesting thing because a lot of people like to use ball ammunition, right? Yeah. Uh, but if you listen to a lot of counts from people that have been shot and they've been shot with ball ammunition, they'll tell you that they don't realize right away they've been shot, which is interesting. But wow, I don't know where we got the static all of a sudden. I don't know either. 
Nope, I'm muted and it's still there. That's interesting. Your gizzard's muted. Um, but anyway, so you know, I would, I would say, since Budget and Gary had had really good things, I would say pay attention to your ammunition. Yeah. Um, because those same type of accounts with people that have been shot that have been shot with a hollow point, something that actually has expansion. They typically know they've been shot. And once somebody knows they've been shot, that you've probably stopped them at that point. Yeah. You know, and it's not what the definition in the gun industry is of stopping power. But when I tell people about stopping power, they, they, try, they try to bring up stopping power in every argument or conversation. It is what it is. I say this. You know what stopping power means to me is will that eliminate that threat? It doesn't mean that has to kill them. Does it, does it doesn't mean that to kill them. Will it stop that threat from no longer being a threat to me? That's what stopping power is. I don't care what caliber it is. If 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 I shoot that dude with a pellet gun and it stops the threat, that's a stopping power that I want. I want the stopping of the threat, not worried about how much damage I can do to his internal organs and all that. I don't care about that. I'm not looking necessarily looking to kill someone. I'm looking to stop and end that threat. If he happens to die. Uh, you shouldn't have been there to begin with. So yeah, you want to end the act, right? Oh, Not necessarily the, the person. Threat. You want to end That's the right. act. The threat, exactly. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that person is no longer a threat to me or my family. Once that's over with, hey, if you can walk up and get up and walk away because of that, that's cool. Walk, get up and walk away. We can part as friends. Kind of. Probably not going to happen, but yeah. <laughs> not going to happen, but there's a good chance that it doesn't happen that way. But the theory of stopping power to me means something different than what you're talking about. The stopping power, I just want that in that, that threat stopped. Well, I just I'll look at it that. from. And, and yeah. I'm not saying I disagree with you. Yeah. But but I come from a hunting background which when, when, where that matters, right? Right. Um, energy, you know, energy dump does matter. I mean, if you're shooting a deer no. at 100 yards, there's a big difference on the impact uh, on that deer with velocity and blah, blah, diminishing velocity and blah, blah, blah at 100 yards versus 600 or 800 yards, depending on the caliber you're using this, that, and the other is that. So that, that translates. You're talking about live animals regardless, right? Yeah. So it all translates. Really the problem animals. is, the problem is you've got a lot of people that, again, I go back to my original statement, which is you need to learn to kind of sort through and ignore a lot of the internet keyboard commando bluster because you've got a lot of people yeah exactly the tarzan vibe you've got a lot of people that they have no real world experience to be able to articulate in any way shape form or fashion what that stopping power they're talking about even is or the 380 can't penetrate through a sweatshirt well and that's the that's the yeah that goes back to the ignoring the commandos if it's a definitive statement and people don't end with some type of a qualifier like you know 380 just sucks because i did this and this and this and this happened and it didn't penetrate so and so and it wasn't reliable in this firearm okay cool thanks for that information i can use that 380 sucks what am i supposed to do with that like literally, what am I supposed to do with that information? Nothing. Yeah. It, it's right. it's not helpful in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I could supposed to throw out your three eighty, of course. Uh, mail it to budget myself. Well, Gary. I don't like. I don't know about everybody else in the world, but there are certain things in my life that I enjoy. The fact that they suck. I'm just saying. Just saying. So just because it sucks is not a reason to throw it out. I'm just saying. 
Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Um, all right. I don't even know where to go from that. So we're going to go right into Gary. <laughs> we're going to give you, first of all, uh, I got to follow that. <laughs> uh, you do. Um, congrats uh, for getting to, there you go. I love it. Uh, getting to a thousand subs. Hell, you're almost at 2,000 already. So, uh, congrats. Uh, once you hit that thousand, it kind of took off for you. But, uh, congrats. What do you have to plug, whether it shows, um, uh, giveaways or videos? Tell people they can find you and what you got coming down the line. Well, all of the above, actually. Um, start with my shows. Uh, Friday night, I have uh, foul territory every Friday. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, and then Sunday morning we have a four-hour open forum, which is called the Early Bird Chat, and that starts at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central. So, uh, love to have everybody in on that. Also, I'd like to promote the Hen Subscriber Celebration Giveaway, which is a lot of the reason I have the subs I do right now. But uh, that is uh, myself, the gun snob, obnoxious one, and Sergeant C4 Defense, which we are kind of collectively referred to ourselves as the hens. So that's where that comes from. And uh, we are all celebrating channel milestones of you know one type or another. So uh, we went together and decided to have a nice giveaway. We've got you still have until the 27th, and I put a link out there in the chat. Um, but we're giving away a custom uh, Glock 26 from uh, Live Free Armory. Uh, we've got a SAR. I don't remember the exact model, but if you go to that site, there's a video you can watch to tell you all about everything. B6, I think. Yes, that's correct. Um, yeah, we've got a Live Free Armory slide. We've got knives we've got ammo uh, holsters a little bit of everything out there so we're gonna have a lot of fun with it so uh yeah everybody check that out and uh thanks for having me on i appreciate it oh anytime bro anytime uh mike what you got coming down the line anything project you're working on tell us what we can expect from budget guns and gear reviews well my show is moving times it's returning to its original time slot of 7 p.m eastern on fridays i might be it, able to join a little bit now <laughs> it will no longer be at 11 30 there have been some changes in my life that uh, have allowed me to return to the original time slot so awesome still the same day just the original time uh i will be done before you go on gary so i promise not to quark you it's what it I'm is. I'm not going to be that guy. Uh, got some videos coming out. Uh, once I've, I've got a lot of videos shot, I just need to make the time to edit them. Uh, I've been kind of busy doing some different things. Um, yes. one of which is an unboxing video for this, this uh, Bastion Gear uh, Braza. This and its uh, companion, the Persuader that I that they sent to me. Um, I love the Persuader. I love that. Yeah. Screen. Oh, they're both really damn cool knives. I'm I'm awful impressed with them so far. Um, got some goodness. Got, I'm gonna have a couple little bushcrafty outdoors type videos coming up in the near future. As I'm still trying to pimp my basic survival class on April 17th. 
Uh, so go to budgetgunsandgear.com and check the blog posts and you'll, you'll see where you can find out more information on that. Um, hey, do me a favor real quick. When you get off tonight, send me a text to that link. Sure. Um, I've got, I've got some survival stuff coming out in the next week or so, several different videos, and I could put that in the description and, and mention it if you want me to. Sweet. If you're in the Ohio Sweet. area, let me know. Awesome. Um, All right, go ahead. Other than go that, ahead. you know, same stuff, different day. You can find me here on YouTube at Budget Guns and Gear Reviews. You can find me at Budget Guns and Gear, pretty much all the other social media. Uh, BudgetGunsandGear.com is my website. And, uh, you know, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you uh, sending me the invite. You always get the invite. It's just uh, you're usually uh, preoccupied. Um, so. Well, you know what? I'm not going to be working afternoons anymore, so uh, the good chance I'll be on a lot more often now. Fantabulous. Fantabulous. Uh, Clove, bring it home. I, I mean, I don't even, do I need to go to you? You don't do anything, so do I even need to let you talk? Not worth talking about, really. Yeah, no. Mary, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, going to record a podcast Friday with Walt Anderson. Uh, Mr. Anderson. So Mr. shout Anderson. out, shout out to Walt. If you uh, don't check out Walt Anderson, he's a young guy calls himself a, a liberal gun owner and got some really educated, interesting points of view on some stuff. Um, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting conversation Friday. I don't, I don't want to say that I disagree with him, but then again, I don't agree with him, but I don't, I don't know. It's just there's a disconnect, I think, with age gap there. Uh, yeah. Content from the uh, shooting sports showcase continues to drop. You guys are going to be sick of that probably over the next couple of weeks. But I already am. To, Sorry, did I say that out loud? Yeah. Oh, I understand. I understand. <laughs> so try to get it. that out in a, in a timely manner uh, because what's the point of having an event and then releasing footage from it a year later? I'm not uh, Raquel or anything. Um, and then. Um, Right, yeah. No. Uh, and then uh, next week, uh, gonna have uh, gonna record a podcast with Diana Muller, so that'll be that should be interesting too. So yeah, I cool always say that I'm tired of your videos from that because I wasn't there to. to I so wish I'm you were tired. there. I tried to get you to I come. Was, I, I understand that, and and I get that um, because but, I was literally by myself. There was no smoke break, so there was no hanging out with other YouTubers. It was all yeah. all work and no play at all. It's, it it's all about you were the only YouTuber there, <laughs> as far as I know, with the exception of the Gould brothers, and I never seen them the whole time I was there. So so here's the thing: it's all about Clover. He wasn't wishing I was there to help promote this thing through my YouTube channel or to help my channel grow or anything like that. Just so you could entertain that is correct. I needed him to, that is he needed to entertain him and that to have correct. a smoking buddy. That's correct. You're absolutely one. Hey, as correct. long as I know where the parameters yeah, of our friendship is, I'm good. That's, that's I'm it. Good. I could care less about your channel and what you do. I Fantastic. need you to be there for me, man. Come on. Come on. I like it. Come At on, least man. I know where we are. So. Um, but no, I, this also reminded me, since we're talking about getting together, I did hear from Carrie at Wanamaker Tulsa Arms Show today. Uh, I do have uh, 10 media passes. We have a staging table for media. We have um, a couple of uh, vendor passes. So uh, if you're out there, you create content, you're hanging on to the show this far in, um, 
and you want to go work the uh, Wanamaker Tulsa Arm Show, then uh, we may have some extra passes. And regardless, even if you don't want to work it, it's an awesome show to go to. So plug and uh, everything for that, for sure. Yep. I want to send a shout out to Tone Frog. He says, true patriots you all are. Thanks for the true info and knowledge on the things. It's valued by me. So thank you, gentlemen. Have a blessed night. Stay fit. You too, brother. I'm glad we could help you. Um, one thing I can always promise you is it may not be what you like, but it's going to be pretty much to the point, our opinions and all of that. So you may not agree with us. We're not here for you to ever agree. We're enjoying the conversation. We actually hope that you don't agree with us. That furthers on the conversation. So, uh, uh i'm not even gonna go there steven i don't want to end on a bad note um so thank you guys for watching i really do appreciate you uh especially two hours into this if you're still here live god bless you if you're still here in replay or in podcast uh i'm sorry i really am i'm sorry uh, but leave a note leave a comment out there and tell me that you made it this far just say hey i made it to the end and all of that so i might might do something for you might send you a sticker uh, or something like that um so yeah uh, a couple things real quick to, to plug for us we dropped uh, the first of a new series we're calling the survival series yesterday we did uh the first video the next one's gonna be coming out every couple three days or so uh with that one is uh you had 50 dollars and 15 minutes in walmart to get survival supplies for 72 hours it's a fun video we got a buddy of ours that has no background in training and survival or anything it was Meet me at the parking lot. He had no idea what was going to happen. I gave him 50 bucks and 15 minutes to go to Walmart. It is an interesting uh, video. We got another one coming up in a couple of days about three different ways to build a fire outdoors with materials that might surprise you could be used very easily and very effectively to build a fire in the outdoors. Now, we're going to have different things about building shelters and all that. And that's why I asked you budget is I think that there's a great little opportunity to collab maybe on some of this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so for sure, we're going to be doing that. Uh, we got some no swag in the last couple of weeks. For those of you that are interested, uh, over on the website and the swag store, the Arm Citizen Podcast Patch and the new Jarhead Podcast Patch uh, are available on the store. Going to pimp those out. And uh, if you want them, then they're over there on the swag store at ghosttactical.us. Uh, click on the swag and you're good to go. But guys, thank you so much. Thanks to Clover and Budget and Gary for coming on. Go check out all our channels. Go check all their patron uh, Patreons out. Support them. They're all doing great work. Go check out the Hens giveaway. Uh, Mike's coming up on 10,000 uh, subs. So get over there and help him get over 10. Clover is growing uh, really quickly right now. So get over there. And, and if you're not subscribed to Clover, go subscribe to him as well. Get out there, support as many gun tubers, quote unquote, as you can that fit what you're looking for. And if they're being honest with you, that means you're not going to agree with them all the time. If you agree with everything that someone's saying, then look behind the curtain because it's probably uh, uh, probably not good. You want to find someone that you trust that's going to give it to you like it is, whether you agree with it or not. So there are a lot of great ones out there. And uh, go find them, go subscribe to them, and uh, support them as much as you can. People don't realize what it takes to run one of these uh, organizations and operations. Um, so if you see someone that's not putting out regular content, understand that it it just it, it's not it's it's time consuming and all that. Just don't just hang in there with them. Hang in there. But uh, anyways, we're gonna get out of here. Thank you so much for watching and or listening. We'll see you next week. Semper Fidelis.